Inspiration comes from the strangest places, doesn't it? Scott gave us the freedom this month because he's out of town on vacation. He said, choose whatever topic you'd like to choose to preach on. Just let me know ahead of time. So I let him know last week, and I heard nothing back in a negative way. So we're going to talk about truth today. And just driving down the road, for those of you all who are joining us uh, on the live stream from, from the Dominican, from wherever you are today, this is one of our oldest and most popular local watering holes here in southwest Roanoke, the coffee pot. And I'll probably get in trouble for giving them a plug, but so be it. Okay, at one point in our history, truth was important. People sought truth in order to gain wisdom. In those times, people who sought wisdom were called or sought truth, were called lovers of wisdom, philosophers. Philio meaning love and sophos meaning wisdom. But today, philosophers seem to be the people who, who question truth. Whether or not it even exists. Is there such a thing as truth? If there is such a thing as truth, is there anything such as absolute truth. Is truth knowable? Is it doable? Does truth even exist? And is it important? I think so. So this morning, I want to talk about truth and I'm going to touch on some rather controversial topics. My intent here is not to offend or to anger anyone in any way. I'm simply endeavoring to speak the truth in love. So just hang with me, bear with me through this. So today I want to tell you that the truth is important. And in order to do that, I want you to think about some statements that I'm going to give you. You see, in our culture, we have become a people who make our decisions, moral and otherwise, based on our feelings, not on whether or not we've really thought it through. Our feelings have become more important than our ability to think. So I want you to think this morning, all right? (laughs) Just laughing. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to make a statement. I want you to think about it and, and decide whether you agree or disagree with this. Whatever is right for your life or works best for you is the only truth you can know. Whatever is best for your life, or right for your life, and works best for you, is the only truth you can know. Anybody agree? Disagree? Really don't have an opinion one way or the other. Okay. All right, well, the Barna Group, they they got some statistics together. And here's what they said. They interviewed people who were born between the the years 1981 and 1996. We refer to them as millennials. Of the millennials who were given this statement, 74% agreed. They agreed that the only truth you can know is what's right for you. Now, of those of us born a little later or sooner, excuse me, um, 38% agreed. 
Then there were adult Christians, evangelical, born-again Christians, who when given this statement, 41% agreed that whatever is right for your life or works best for you is the only truth you can know. That sort of concerns me. Here's another statement I want you to think about. Knowing what is right or wrong is a matter of personal experience. Knowing what's right or wrong is a matter of personal experience. Everybody agree with that? Disagree with that? Not sure about that? Okay, I see some heads nodding. All right. Well, of all Americans interviewed or surveyed, 57% agreed that knowing what is right or wrong is a matter of personal experience. What I want to say today is that truth matters. It's important. What you believe to be true is, is important because it determines the way you live your life It determines your ability to understand life and your ability to obey God. We have been talking a lot lately about making disciples, being disciples. We've talked about how to live, love, and lead like Jesus. So what does Jesus say about the truth? Well, if we look at John 8, 31 to 32, it says this, If you hold to my teachings... You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what being a disciple boils down to, following Jesus' teachings. Civilizations have grown, prospered, advanced as they sought knowledge, discovered knowledge, and applied this knowledge to their lives. Our country, America, the United States, is one of those countries. The people who came here, who who founded this country, who began everything that we benefit from today, did so on Christian principles. They founded this country on God's truths. And their intent was to continue to follow these truths. And the result has been... America has grown into one of the most powerful, most prosperous nations on the planet. It works. But I fear that we're turning away, that we're beginning to ignore those principles that that brought us to where we are today. Because you see, civilizations that, that did not seek truth, that did not follow truth, for the most part, they floundered, they failed. And in many cases, they perished. Here's another statement for you. The Bible provides us with absolute moral truths, which are the same for all people in all situations without exception. The Bible, the scriptures, provide us with absolute moral truths which are the same for all people in all situations without exception. You agree with that? You accept that? Amen on that? All right, thank you. So, 
of Christians surveyed, 83% of us agreed. That's encouraging, isn't it? Of just all the other population, 59% agreed. Now, these statistics here for this question, they don't really line up with those statements before, I don't think. Over half of the general population agrees that the Bible gives us moral truths that we're to live by. More than three-quarters of us as Christians believe that. So why do we behave the way we do? Why do we treat one another the way we do? The Word of God, the Bible, it contains the truths that civilizations and individuals grow by. The moral foundations and ethical principles that the Bible teaches holds nations together if they follow them. And it does the same for us as individuals and families, neighborhoods, workplaces. But not everybody follows the truth. Because the truth can be painful. The writer of Hebrews says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of of him to whom we must account. You see, the fact that there is truth, and it's a fact, means that we are accountable, whether we like it or not. Now, there was a time in ancient Israel when God's people, his chosen people, turned away, turned their back on God's truth, on his law. They decided they they could do a better job on their own. So they created other gods and other idols to worship. And it got so twisted that there was a point in time when when they were even sacrificing their children to these false gods. It's in the Old Testament. You can read it. For us enlightened people here in 2021, it seems appalling horrible. How could anybody, how could a people get to a place like that? Especially a people that God had chosen. They knew who he was. Well, I don't know how different we are today. And here's one of those controversial subjects that I want to touch on. You see, Abortion was legalized in this country in 1970. Some of you all remember 1970. New York State was the first. Everyone followed suit shortly thereafter. 1973, Roe v. Wade. You know the history of it. 51 years have passed since 1970. And in those 51 years, we as a people... We as Americans, just Americans, have sacrificed 60 million children 
Yeah, the truth can be painful. How different are we today than those who came before us? A New York town clerk announced her resignation saying that she would be compromising her moral conscience if she signed marriage licenses between same-sex couples. Laurel, Laura Fatuski was her name. She said her decision was based strongly on her religious convictions and obeying the law of God over the law of men. She wrote this. She said, The Bible clearly teaches that God created marriage between male and female as a divine gift that preserves families and cultures. Since I love and follow him, I cannot put my signature on something that is against God. Mr. Cuomo, the governor of New York, he commented by saying, the law is the law, and we have to enforce them all. We don't get to pick and choose. Obviously, Ms. Fatuski chose differently. You see, there is a truth that is above our commonly accepted wisdom. Truth is not merely a social construct, okay? It's transcendent. It is above us. There has to be a standard that is higher than my own desire and what I want, what I think is best for me. There's got to be a higher standard than that. And the fact of it is, is this moral law is written on our hearts. It's ingrained as a part of us as human beings. The philosopher Immanuel Kant said this. He said, two things fill the mind with ever new and increasing wonder and awe. The starry heavens above me and the moral law within me. You see, we come equipped with a conscience. A conscience that enables us to respond to the moral law of God and the natural laws of the universe. We can squelch our conscience or we can listen to it. I believe when we squelch it, we invite disaster. Much of my life was spent denying that moral conscience and living just for pleasure making my own choices at my own pace, regardless of who it hurt or what the consequences might be. And I can tell you from experience that it was disastrous. It almost cost me everything, including my life. We have to listen to that that has been planted in us. Romans chapter 2, verses 12 through 15, put it this way. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves. Even though they don't have the law, They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them, at other times even defending them. 
So it's right there. Scripture tells us there is a law that transcends the laws of men. And it's planted in our hearts. It's knowable. It's doable for us. Can it be distorted? Yes. But it is still there nonetheless. And more than that, is that little piece that we tend not to want to think about, is we are accountable to this truth. You see, if we're born again, if we have surrendered our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives within us. That's the power to not only know the truth, but to live the truth, to do the truth, to speak the truth. There's another scripture that I think is one of the great truths of our faith. It's Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I often hear it said, yeah, well, Rick, that's your truth. I got my truth. Or maybe it's, you do you and I'll do me. That seems to be the catchphrase now. Well, honestly, there is no your truth or my truth. There's just God's truth. You see, there has to be something that's greater than us, something that's above us. We both can't be right. Now, you may be a little closer to the truth than I am, but we both can't be right. It's impossible. There is a moral order to the universe, just like there is a physical and material order to the universe. And even one step further, truth. It's a person. Jesus said it. About himself, John 14, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's a knowable Savior. We can have a relationship with him. I've heard it said that there are many paths up the same mountain. Perhaps that's true. Unless, of course, you're going up the wrong mountain. I want to share with you a little fable. Try to make a point here. You may have heard it before. It's about four blind men who come upon an elephant. Okay? First blind man grabs the elephant's tail. And he says, oh, an elephant is like a rope. The second blind man touches the elephant's great side, and he said, no, no, an elephant is like a wall. The third blind man grabs the elephant's ear, and he said, no, an elephant is like a fan. 
And the fourth one grabs the tusk and he says, now I think an elephant is like a spear. Now this story is told to to sort of demonstrate that the idea that, that no one really understands reality or has a corner on truth. You see, and because of that, we should be very tolerant and accepting of all ideas and concepts. I think they refer to that as pluralism. Well, I see two problems with this story. First, all the men are blind, okay? And that makes the assumption that we are all blind, when in fact the truth of the matter is God has opened our eyes as he has revealed his truth through Jesus Christ. The second problem is that the men are all wrong. This really was an elephant, a whole elephant. So we might say that God is the obvious elephant in the room that everyone agrees not to see or to talk about, especially without any certainty. We live in a culture where it is more wrong to judge evil than it is to do evil. It's more wrong to judge evil than it is to do evil. You see, tolerance has become the great virtue of our era. And judgmentalism, judging, has become the great sin. But hear what the Word of God says. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that no men are without excuse. Truth. I think it's something that we can see. I think it's something that we can experience, that we can understand. It's something that when we encounter it, profoundly resonates in our spirit, in our soul. Truth is like being in the presence of majestic beauty. God's creation in nature. I remember the first time I stood and looked across Jenny Lake at the Grand Tetons. It was an awesome sight. It's beautiful, beautiful, just no words. Or when I stood on the edge of the Cliffs of Moore, felt the wind off the Atlantic blow on my face in Ireland. Or I sat and had black tea and watched the sunset over Lake Kivu in East Africa. It just touches you in a way that stirs you inside. That's not man-made things. That's God's creation. And it didn't happen by accident. No, he had a plan. He created all of this, and he gave it all to us as a gift for us to care for. 
When we see something, hear something, experience truth, something inside us says, yes, this is how we are made. Now, can this ability to to perceive truth be distorted? Absolutely. Adam and Eve, they heard God speak. They believed the truth that God spoke to them. That is, until the satanic voice came in and told them a lie and said it was the truth. You see, that same voice speaks to us today. The enemy of our soul still around. He speaks to us and gives us alternate truths. Personal truths. When in fact they're not true at all. They're still just a lie. Romans 1.25 said, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. John 3.21 puts it this way, But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So how do we do this? How does this play out for us personally? We have to stay close to God. We have to stay in His Word. We have to stay on our knees. We have to pray. It is doable, but it's not easy. It's freeing, but it's not without pain. In our culture especially, to stand for the truth, it sometimes puts you in a bad light with your friends, with your co-workers, maybe even with your family. But it is essential that we hold to God's truth. Absolutely essential for our civilizations, for our relationships, for us as individuals. But we're not alone. No, Jesus said, yeah, in this, this life, in this world, you'll have troubles, but... Take heart, for I have overcome the world. And he prays for us. He said this, he said, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The Bible has it for us. Hundreds and hundreds of references to the truth. But how often do we talk about it? How often do we read about it? How often do we pray to be the kind of person that can live a truthful life? Things to consider. As Jesus stood before Pilate, He said to him, he said, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this reason, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. To which Pilate responded, what is truth? Well, folks, that's the same question 
that the whole world is asking today. What is truth? Does it exist? Can it be known? And most of the world still believes that there's no real answer. Survey says. The problem for Pilate was that truth was standing right in front of him. And he couldn't see it. And for many of us today, the same is true. The truth is there. But we can't see it, or we don't want to see it. But it is there nonetheless, and we are accountable. That should stir something within us to want to know the truth, to be the truth, to to surrender ourselves to the truth. Paul said it this way to the Ephesians. He said, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. In our culture, it's time to to armor up. And I just pray that we can make the truth our armor. So go forth this week. Look at the people around you. Look at the things you see in the media. Look at your social media feeds and threads. See if you can find truth, real truth, the truth that God gives us to live by. And if you can't, go searching. It's there. It's truly there. May the truth be your armor today. Let's pray. Father God, we come humbly into your presence today. Knowing your truth is not enough. But being truthful people takes courage. It takes the power of your Holy Spirit within us to guide us, to direct us, to help us to persevere in difficult times. I just pray for all of us here today, Lord, that you would strengthen us, that you would... Help us to be, as the old philosophers were, lovers of wisdom, your wisdom, your truth. It's the path to freedom and to eternal life with you. We love you. We praise you. May you be glorified in all things. In Christ's name, amen.